You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 112, or 112, I don't know why I said it like that, of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, and you can search out Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Um, well, good to be back, and it's welcome good to see you back. both. Good to see you both. Uh, two whole podcasts without me. How was it, Rach? Uh, I think we... What's the... I was going to say held the fort together, but that's just really bad. So <laughs> I think we did all right. Muddled through. the first week, but a bit more confident last week. So that, yeah. yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Glad to have you back, though. It takes the pressure off me a bit. Back, back in the hot seat. Uh-huh. Um, we've got lots going on today, lots of bits and pieces. But uh, Hugh, I just wanted to pull you up on one thing that you did mention on one of the podcasts. Um, and in fact, in a story that you wrote as well, you suggested that um, my poor new baby daughter, who is now uh, four weeks and a couple of days old, you suggested that her first day out ever was to the Meadway Precinct. He <laughs> did. Um, which uh, I, I can see where you got that because from the from the information I sent you, I can I can see that uh, that why you may have assumed that I had taken my daughter with me. Um, however, it was simply the case that it was my first day out since she was born. I say day out, first trip out, um, and in actual fact, her first official day out anywhere was to Coronation Square, which I'd argue is superior to the Midway <laughs> Precinct. Not to double barreled then. No, she has been twice now, though. Yeah, obviously, I would expect no less. And I would have <laughs> thought that would have been her first port of call, to be honest, with you as her as her pops. So. Yeah, well, precisely. Uh, uh, yes, yes, it is. Um, I apologise for that, Tom, but you know what they say about facts and good stories. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them get in the way. Don't let them get in the way. Oh no! Obviously, if there was a massive problem with it, I would have I would have raised it with you uh, beforehand. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't uh, take anything away from the fact that I did find the Meadway Precinct such a depressing place to go, and I just felt like there's an awful lot of potential there for for a nice community hub. But good grief! I think aside from the cafe that's there and the boots, um, you know, my word. Anyway. Um, We'll just move on quickly from that. We are starting something new today as well. Um, we, As well as all the latest headlines, we've got Indie Corner, where we are going to give a local business two minutes or so to advertise themselves um, to you, our dear listener. Uh, and you'll see who's up first now. Welcome to the first instalment of Indie Corner on the Real Reading podcast. I have got Dave Moore with me. Hello, Dave. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Are you okay? Yeah, not so bad. You are, uh, well, as, as most of our regular listeners will know, you are one one half of Heavy Pop uh, and also the man behind the Indie Shopper website um, promoting businesses within uh, sort of Reading and, and the surrounding area. So I thought um, as a first person to get on to talk about um, to, to talk about uh, for Indie Corner, I thought, who better than the man that set up Indie Shopper? So, um, Dave, you've got two minutes just to talk about uh, what's going on. Two minutes. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll start with Heavy quickly first. So, Heavy Pop, if those who organise gigs in Reading and run a couple of festivals, I listen to Festival and the Abbey, obviously, um, no music's going on. Um, so, we've started to launch a couple of schemes to help sort of keep us afloat, really. Uh, one's uh, called Friends of Benefits, which is a membership scheme. Um, we're also looking to do some merch as well. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that and then in terms of the indie shopper it's an online free directory essentially like i said for running businesses and kind of surrounding area um and it's, it's we launched it in july 
in July, I think it was. And yes, we're that's nearly, right. Yeah, and we're nearly at 100 businesses now, which is, which is pretty good. So that's that's coming along nicely. So yeah, very different from the my normal day job, as it were. <laughs> so obviously, there there the festivals are are kind of are off now, um, and 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 mm. people can get involved and support Heavy Pop to ensure that those festivals do come back next year. Yeah, because we haven't. You know, we haven't benefited any from any free money, basically, yeah. like some other organisations. Um, and obviously, it's really hard to plan for stuff when everything keeps getting moved, and obviously, no one really knows what's going on. So, so it's this weird limbo state where you're sort of planning. Everyone's planning for shows and, and events. They don't really know. This says can really, you know, with any confidence, it's going to happen. But it's like, well, you know, you've got to try and be positive. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, we've lost 100% of our income. So, and the way things are looking, obviously, with the this other lockdown is like well it might be maybe a year you know or longer yeah. potentially before we can go back to sort of shows in a normal capacity because social distance events don't really work in terms of a model that's going to be beneficial to everyone um going forward and you know and obviously it's not really you know to get to doing gigs for people to be two meters apart from another so um hopefully we can get back to that sooner rather than later um but yeah like we just thought okay well you know, we can't do that, so we'll just try and do something else that can, you know, generate a bit of money, hopefully. Um, give something back to people who do support us, rather than doing, like, a straight-up crowdfunder sort of scheme. Um, and we did, a, like, a soft launch, I suppose, with our main list into last week, and it's gone down really well, which is really, you know, which is really nice, quite heartwarming. Um, and then, yeah, you know, all being well, we'll get it out this week to everyone else um, and see what happens. Great stuff, thanks, Dave. Um, just uh, just quickly, I've, we have gone a little bit over, uh, but I just wanted to indie shopper. Uh, obviously, you said you knew, you're almost up to a yeah. hundred businesses on there. Has it been everything been well received? Yeah, I presume. Yeah, yeah. So the indie shoppers myself and and uh, Rich, it's, um, it has been well received actually. I mean, it's it's kind of more like a hobby project rather than yeah. you know, but um, but it's it's just good to kind of put something together that kind of shows people there is an alternative to you know some of the big brands on the on the high street and. I know some people, actually funny, I know some businesses that we've listed who have gone and found other businesses on there and gone to shop with them and stuff. So it's kind of it's kind of doing what we want in terms of creating like a bit of a community vibe. And, you know, if nothing else, we just want to give some of these businesses a bit of a platform um, and being surrounded by other businesses that are in the same, you know, yeah. the same sort of ethos, essentially. Um, so, yeah, we've got a good little mix of stuff on there now, actually, like, and that's the other thing we have to keep inventing or like creating sorry new character um uh sections that types of businesses you know because you know, we've got people who are illustrators on the now and we've also got like vehicle hire and you've got food and you've got drink and yeah you know so we're getting a nice broad mix of people um getting in touch now to be on the site fantastic well it, it looks it looks fantastic so i'd urge anybody to just go and have a look at the indieshopper.co.uk um now dave i said to you just before we started um we're going to get you to recommend uh, a business to appear on the the indie corner next week yeah so um i like it with the grumpy coat okay great um yeah that's how that that's great we'll uh, we'll get in touch with the with the grumpy goat and we'll get them on next week So the first first person on our uh, indie corner was Dave Moore of several different uh, well several different um, organisations. He's uh, part of Heavy Pop, uh, which runs a number of events in town, including Are You Listening Festival and Down the Abbey. But he's also the man behind Indie Shopper, which highlights local uh, Reading-based and Berkshire-based businesses. Um, so we will see who's up next week. Um, I do have some feedback if you'd like to hear it. Well, not not necessarily feedback, but more of a story if you'd like to hear it. I'm not sure we've yeah. covered this. I'm not sure if we've done this before. I feel like I know a little. I, I felt like when I was sent it, I know it, but I'm not sure I do. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you. But this is from Paul Etherington, a regular contributor, um, as far as contributors to our show go. Um, he says, he wrote to me, he said, not sure if it's true, but someone I was at Reading Uni with said her dad worked on Apex Plaza development. Apparently, it wasn't supposed to be pink, but a sort of grey marble, and the wrong colour got ordered. It sounds daft, but as I understand it, the cladding has a serial number rather than description, so nobody realised until it was too late. Maybe an urban myth, but it's a good story, which I think you'll agree with. Um, just 
before I ask for your opinions on that and whether you've heard that before, he sent a second piece in. He also says, uh, if you've ever been if you've ever been underneath, um, the parking at Apex Plaza is something to behold. Each parking space is a different size or shape with some amazing columns and hazards. One of my colleagues drove in in his wife's car one day, parked in his usual space and took out a load of air conditioning ducting because there were tubes and units randomly attached to all the walls and her car was a different shape to his over, his and overhung and was overhung by the air conditioning which is two amazing bits of mm. information about Apex Plaza. Did, have we done something on Apex Plaza before? I can't remember. In the, you know, there's been 112 of these. Did it come up here in your it came up. It came up in the ISOs conversation, but, it, yeah, it wasn't in the article. I think didn't Paul, didn't Paul bring it up? Um, I think he did. Yeah, the car park sounds interesting. That might be, yeah. Might be worth looking, looking at. Going um, and having a look. Uh, the pink thing is a, that's that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Surely, I mean, I know it's a bit quirky, but surely that's more interesting than just the grey. Yeah. Does that make it? And I just on on no the one on the talk about it. But it was just grey. On the on the eyesore discussion, did you did you decide it was an eyesore Apex Plaza, or is it all right? I don't think uh, I said I like much because I quite like, I like it. it. I like <laughs> it. But yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't ever struck me. Um, as a particular eyesore, hence why it didn't go into the article. I must admit, but uh, um, it's—I think it's quite—it's kind of—it's quite unique, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's, in its pinkiness. Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's much nicer than the uh, Midway precinct or the um, uh, or the old Reading like Post building that you threw in there, oh, much to so my yeah. disgust. I oh, know where legends were born. That place. Yeah. Right. Uh, if if you, we'd love to hear if anybody's heard that urban myth about Apex Plaza. We'd love to know if that's true or not. And um, we'll do it. We'll hopefully try and do a little bit of research ourselves. But if you'd like to get in touch, if you've got any urban myths or anything like that, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, it is time for that part of the show where we talk about a few of the latest headlines. Um, I've been off, so I've not really had a chance to have a massive look at what's going on. But um, we've got a couple of things in the mix, um, including the reason why we've had Thames water tankers rumbling rumb through Caversham. This is Gosbrook Road, isn't it? The um, Gosbrook Road appears to be the centre of the universe in, in many respects. Um, but Hugh, what's been going on here? <laughs> This, uh, yeah, Rach, have you, have you been reading about this on the uh, I on have the, been on reading. The I've, on the Facebook? I've also experienced it. So let's have see you? what you've got to say first. and then Do I... you know what it is? I do now because I read your article. Uh, I, had right, a, yeah. I had a good guess at what it was, but um, I didn't know the root cause of it. Well, this uh, operation is, is a fairly major operation, isn't it? It's uh, mm -hmm. been taking place for days. It's now finished. Um, but uh, it was because... Um, it's actually a little bit of a battle between utility companies and because southern uh scottish and southern electricity networks was doing some work and they somehow managed to puncture a sewage pipe um during this work which has led to this enormous operation taking uh which is which has had to be carried out to uh, to ensure that sewage doesn't flood the area um nobody wants that no <laughs> it's been a bad it's been a bad enough year um so i think a few people have been sort of puzzled by what's it, what what was happening this constant stream of lorries going backwards and forwards they're basically filling up with with the water and taking it to the to the um reading sewage works um wow as a as a kind of way to stop it just going everywhere um and it started on the 28th which was last wednesday and finished yesterday so they've had nearly a nearly a week of it um it has now finished and uh there's yeah the terms what basically said we, we've had to do it and we've had to do it this way otherwise it will be much worse um than what's what's been happening in terms of flooding and stuff like that so that's what it is and um you know, I think the, the disruption is that these, these lorries are very big and very noisy and travelling backwards and forwards pretty much 24 hours a day. So, uh, yeah. 
So that, that's what it is. And Which I think they the had to do, to be fair, to stop yeah. the sewage flooding all the houses, which would have been revolting. Yeah, which, it would have been um, much worse, wouldn't it? If, which I understand the noise pollution, if you live on Gosbrook Road, must yeah. have been really annoying, but to have your property filled with sewage would be much worse. Yeah. Yes, that, would, that leads to months and months and months and months and months of problems. Yes. Um, so... I presume it was they, probably the lesser of two evils. Certainly, the lesser of two evils. I presume they let people know this was why that was happening, or was it? Have they, have they only just found out now? Some some people didn't seem to know about it. The guy I spoke to didn't have any idea what was happening. But then there were other people I saw talking on Facebook saying that Thames Water had put something through their door, saying that this was going to happen. Okay. So, um, kind of, I think generally most people probably did know, but certainly it was worth doing, looking at yeah. and explaining what was happening. I think the guy in your article lived on Gosbrook Road, though, didn't he? Rather he did, than yeah. in the Amersham Road estate, and I think that's yeah. where they put things through the door on the actual estate where the works yeah. were taking place, rather yeah. than yeah. on the journey yeah. to. I guess you can't do the entire route, can you? But no, my, that's true. Yeah. My experience of my experience of this kind of thing, we've got the we've got the I think it's the, I think it's the Basingstoke line out the back of my house in um, in Southcote and. Uh, I think it's the Basingstoke one. I, I may well have got that wrong, but sometimes they, especially sometimes they do work on the railway at night, and you know all this kind of thing. And and I remember when they were putting the, the electric pylons in, there was a lot of thumping while they were bashing those down. Mm. It just so happened that was on the the eve of the Reading Half Marathon, and you could hear these pipes just echoing, just being slammed into the ground. So no one was getting any sleep that night. It was absolutely mental. Um, Rach, what was your what was just just uh, just to quickly finish that one off? What was your yeah. experience of that? I know obviously. You're Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I live in the area anyway, but I, I did have to go down the Amersham Road uh, on Monday. And I, I, to be honest, I'd forgotten that there was even a problem going on. <laughs> Thankfully, I walked because had I taken the car, um, that would have been a huge mistake because it was carnage. They had lots of uh, traffic controls in place. There was about five or six tankers parked down the road pumping what they wow. needed to pump and um people getting quite frustrated because it's about nine in the morning so getting quite frustrated not being able to get out of the road quickly and there's buses that go down there and that was all like getting stuck and yeah it was a bit um a bit crazy it was a bit of a shock actually because uh, i'd seen people talking about it on um on the Facebook pages and things and thought, well, it can't be that bad. And then I walked down and went, oh, no, okay, that's really quite bad. <laughs> so I bet yeah. they are very relieved that it's now over. And then there was the added kind of complication that yesterday, I think it was, Gosbrook Road was supposed to close. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday, sorry. Yesterday means nothing on a pre-recorded <laughs> podcast, is it? Um on Tuesday, Gosbrook Road was supposed to close to start resurfacing works um, during sort of 9.30 till 3.30 every day. And so people were like, you can't actually do that when you've got these tankers <laughs> yeah. consistently going backwards and forwards uh, along that road. Uh, yeah, it would have been ridiculous. So I believe, although when I walked to school yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, um the trucks were all sat waiting up um that was about half eight in the morning they were sat waiting to start but apparently it all got got delayed oh right because of the the Thames yeah. water thing so how long lovely, for i'm not sure lovely bit of joined up thinking by the looks of things and that's um <laughs> yes when it <laughs> so... takes the public to go hey guys have a think about it <laughs> why don't you wait a few days until you finish doing that Oh yeah, great! Um, and it all got sorted. Excellent. Um, okay, uh, Hugh. The the next one that you, you pulled out was: um, What time does lockdown start, and what are the rules? Um, I literally have no idea. So does tell anyone... me, edu edu educate me. In about six so, minutes. So, as the new father of a young child, you you almost certainly going to be awake when the lockdown starts at one minute past <laughs> midnight tonight. Um, one minute, one minute past midnight tomorrow morning. So, hang is, on, in, in terms of a Friday podcast, that would be Thursday morning. Thursday morning, yeah, Thursday, 
one minute past midnight on Thursday morning, so Wednesday night into Thursday. That is the lockdown. Lockdown 2. Sounds like a bad Netflix film, doesn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's got Liam Neeson in it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like all Netflix films. So, um, so yes, Thursday, November the 5th, for four weeks until December the 2nd, the government this morning has, Dominic Rapp has been talking on Wednesday morning saying that this will this lockdown will definitely end on December the 2nd and then they will look at the tier system again to see where everyone is. So everywhere in Berkshire except for Slough is tier one, Slough is tier two. Um, and so I would guess the likely, actually I'm not going to make any predictions, but that, that's what that's what it was. Uh, cases were rising across the um, across the county, apart from in Wokingham, where they, they last figures I saw had shown quite a sharp drop. Okay. Um, Wokingham, obviously, being places like Early Woodley uh, on the outskirts of Reading, as well as as well as the town itself. Um, so yeah, so lots of uh, you know the rules. The rules are that you had to stay at home as much as you can. Uh, you're allowed to go to work. Um, you're allowed to take your kids to school or to childcare. You can have as much exercise as you like, which is uh, important just to go for a walk and get out and keep yourself relatively sane or do your cycling or your running or whatever, yeah. whatever you fancy. Obviously, you're allowed to leave for medical reasons. Um, you know, shopping, food shopping, uh, looking after more vulnerable people and... Um, you can still visit members of your support your support bubble as well. So, um, but you're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to meet indoors or in private gardens. Um, but you can meet in public places such as <laughs> the guidance says parks, beaches. So you can go to the beach with one <laughs> other person. Uh, the countryside, public gardens, allotments, and playgrounds. So. Um, yeah, so social interaction isn't completely banned, but you, they're not allowed in your house, um, and you're not allowed to, you know, you can only see one person at one time outside, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, pub, sad for you, Tom. Pubs, bars, restaurants all have to close. Um, but the good news is that, um, as of yesterday, pubs can now do takeaway beer. Yes, um, which they weren't allowed to do, and this prompted a fairly massive outcry from from the industry. Yes, because they were allowed to do it in the first lockdown. Yeah, it's quite right too, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it's. I think it's a very valuable lifeline to uh, to our way, brewer, friends in the brewing industry. It's the only way there'll be any left by the time all this is over. Uh, yeah, so you can exercise outside, but not inside. Gyms, swimming pools, close will close, as well as. Uh, things like cinemas and beauty salons and things like that. Churches, um, all in fact, places of worship in general, not just churches. Um, but the whole lot will close except for, for funerals, um, and people will be allowed to go in inside them to broadcast uh, services, but no, you know, the congregation won't be allowed in. And you can go in and pray yourself if nothing's happening. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, Building work, construction sites, they'll they'll stay open. So you can expect to see all the work going around Reading Town Centre continuing. Uh, weddings weddings have been stopped unless there's exceptional circumstances and funerals are only uh, limited to 30 people. Um, and the you're not allowed to you're not allowed to stay overnight anywhere or go on holiday, but you are allowed to travel abroad for work. <laughs> Um, and you can use public transport if you need to, but generally the advice is not to travel unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. Again, again, you can use it to go to work. So that's a quick rundown of the various rules that are in place. And hopefully it will work to the point where the numbers are much lower when we come out and we won't have to have too yeah. much more of this not going to go away but hopefully everything will become more much more under control and the hot the nhs will be able to function as well as it can yeah 
Well, having having used the NHS in the uh, in the last month, um, they seem to be coping. Uh, they, you know, they were doing the best they could, but everybody did look a bit tired. Um, and that's a, just a general, a general. Every day, I, I, I have no idea whether they're always looking a bit tired, but they they certainly looked like uh, they had their work cut out for them. Uh, and there were various wards closed and stuff like that at, at the Royal Bark. So, um, fingers crossed, uh, everything stays going in a positive. Because they were just starting to open things up again yeah. um, when when we were in there. So, fingers crossed. Um, Rachel, just got a couple of seconds if you had anything to, to add to that one. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the rules are a little bit greyer than they were l- last time. It was just don't go anywhere, don't do anything. Yeah. Um, my my grey areas are largely child related, as you'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very thankful, very thankful that Zach can still go to school. Yeah. Um. However, what seems a bit weird to me is that he could go to school, be with his friends all day, interacting with them, but I couldn't then go to the park with one of his friends yeah. and the other child's mother because i think it's only children under five who don't count yeah in the numbers so there's just uh you know and childcare, which i assume includes family if if necessary that mom and dad could look after him if it was required but i can't see them so i have to just yeah you can stand take- at the end of the driveway and yeah, you can up. take him to their house, and he he can go in with them to be looked after. But you can't go in with him. I think might yeah. possibly be the scenario, which um, is a bit odd because that you know the mingling is still happening, isn't it? That, yeah, you know I've mingled with him. He's then mingling with them, and then back the other way. <laughs> well, we might as well five of us just yeah. be in a room. But do you know what? I am so desperate for this to just all be better that i'll just yeah. do what required and yeah. um, i think i i tend to agree with you there rachel just do because if it doesn't come out on the 2nd of december you know richard's obviously at, works in retail yeah um so we're sort of quite worried that if we don't come out of it at the beginning of december the impact on christmas and yeah. retail revenues will be catastrophic so I'm praying that everybody sticks to the rules and that we can get through this all together. Indeed. Thanks, Rach. Um, I just want to move on just to our last story, which, um, Hugh, I'm sorry I'm getting you to go through all of these. Normally I would have a bit more information on these. But, uh, yeah, this this last one was just about uh, the charity that wants to cook 250 meals per day for the needy in Reading. Um, but there is a catch. Can you just tell us about it? Yes, this is the uh, the charity called um food for all um it's a kind of semi-national charity i think but it's looking to expand in reading and it's um it says it's able to make 250 meals a day for the hungry and the needy in reading and beyond um the slight but well, not the slight issue the major issue it has is it doesn't yet have a base in reading and is looking for one so um if anyone has anywhere they they could offer or would then get in touch with food for all. Um, but they, um, they cook meals and deliver them to Reading council and the council deliver it. Um, okay. Not necessarily Reading council to the council. So, um, I think it might be just in the council in the areas where they're already running. Um, uh, no, sorry. It is Reading borough council. I do apologize. Um, they have, they have been working Reading council already. Um, they said they've done 18,000 meals during the lockdown. Wow. with Reading Borough Council delivered all around, but they're looking for a base. Um, and the, the the slight catch, again, is it's all vegetarian, which is not a bad thing. No. Um, but you won't get any meat if you uh, in your meal, um, um, which is it's an, inter- it's an interesting concept. Um, it's all vegetarian um, in that you don't tend to get too many people who don't eat vegetables, whereas you do get people who who don't eat meat. So I guess it's the easier way of doing things is to provide meat free rather than to try and cater 
for the odd, you know, the odd vegetarian here and there, it's much easier to produce mass vegetarian meals rather it's than more cost effective. Yeah, it? I'd say so yeah. as well. Yes, veg is generally a bit cheaper, isn't it, than meat? Um, yeah. So yeah, they're looking for a base in Reading. So, do you uh, the council not have with everything that has to be closed now for the next month? Does the council not have any premises like children's centres or anything that would have a kitchen facility they could use? Quite possibly. Um, I don't. I don't know what their specific needs are. Um, you would imagine that could be the case. I don't know. Going back to your initial point, you know, you often hear people say, "Why can't they just?" And those things always tend to be far more complicated than than you would think. So, yeah. why can't they just go into a kitchen at a building the council's not using? Cause, it's only, well, it's only a month for a start and uh, there's probably lots of risk assessments and health and safety stuff you have to do to open a kitchen in, in these places and it may not be long enough, you know, all these reasons, I don't know. but And I don't know if there there are talks going on, if they're working with the council, this seems fairly logical that they might work with the council to find some venue to, to operate out of as well. But that's the uh, that was the story we ran um that they're looking for a base so we'll, have, we'll keep an eye on the situation and then uh, see see where they might rock up in reading there are uh, there are a number of empty pizza restaurants around uh, st mary's butts i don't i wonder if they could make <laughs> i suppose that depends on landlords and all that kind of thing doesn't it but um there are a number of now vacant premises there i guess uh, yeah but hey you know right shall we uh move on we've got a bit of an interview um We've got a bit of an interview uh, coming up. Uh, that is it for part one. So in part two, we'll be chatting to the co-owner of Reading's Grumpy Goat, which is making a bit of an ambitious move. The Big Interview. I've been looking forward to speaking to Anne-Marie again for, for quite a while. Um, Anne-Marie, uh, Anne-Marie Beattie, co-owner of The Grumpy Goat. Um, you guys are doing something mental at the moment. You're, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're expanding your business. What's going on? Um, yes. Um, it, it, you know, it has been our intention for a while. Um, we've sort of found the, the right space, our new home. And, um, you know, I think just uh, keep calm and carry on, really. I mean, and <laughs> yeah what else can we do I mean I think uh, you know the um, the pandemic doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon and um, you know we've just got to you know just just get on with our lives and just you know get on with business really I think so you obviously let, let's just talk talk me through um, what's happening and what's going on because obviously the grumpy goat uh, you've been in uh, Harris Arcade off Friar Street for a number of years now um, and obviously you're you're moving into Smelly Alley so just talk me through through what's going yeah, on. Yeah um, so yeah came up this uh, crazy idea to set up a shop called the grumpy goat in uh, 2013 um, yeah that's a bit since December 2013 we've been going um uh bought the domain name and and there we go been selling uh, craft beer uh, cheese and spirits for since then so um you know it feels kind of natural that we're at the stage um to be moving and expanding our range um and actually we'll have a small drinking space above a small bar space and we'll, you know give us the capability to do a lot more t tasting events which we have done off-site um you know from from when the business opened really so yeah really excited about about all that side of the business once um you know obviously once the, things are returning to a little bit more normality but um the um the main shop um so yeah, yeah you just said we mean smelly alley but the the main shop will be the frontage we quite feel quite a lot like a deli so we, we will be selling more food products, more fine food products um, that go with cheeses and go, go with the beer. And also thinking about having a sort of daily pantry section. So, if, you know, if you pop in the Grumpy Goat, you can pick up your cheese, pick up your beer and maybe pick up, you know, uh, sort of a, a, a nice, um, you know, um, 
sauce or jam or just those some of those daily essentials we already sell butter and we we, we um sell we're going to be selling milk from a local um uh, dairy as well and we um we already use um and sell uh, sell bread from bare bread and baked um so yeah i mean i think just expanding our food range really so i think that's that's quite interesting during these times because i think you know that's one thing that people are always going to need <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no no plans to sort of stock toilet roll and, and other such things um, not not yet tom not yet <laughs> <laughs> I, I did just I, that just popped into my head i've no idea that I'm, yeah. I'm a bit off my game at the moment I've, I've been off for a few weeks um so obviously you, you're moving into uh into what was the quantum web cafe um, we are, yeah obviously it's a little bit of a shame to to lose that but you know you you, you know I, I guess in some ways you've probably got to be a bit careful but at least it's not a fun, not another phone shop yeah absolutely and the unit is is really lovely there's a lot of history in smelly alley and yeah. um i'm just really you know the unit is, is is a lovely space and we're sort of you know hoping to sort of um, bring out some of those you know th those features in in, in the uh, the new refit um yeah it's going to look hopefully super smart um we've got our um guys working on it at the moment at the moment the, the, the floor's going down the counters have been built we're having a lovely sort of tiled um uh counter um sort of around around the fridges so it's going to have that very deli-esque sort of um feel to it as you as you walk in yeah. and actually there's, there's bifold doors right across the front so in the summer or even during these times i mean i think it's going to help with you know the idea of making sure we've got that ventilation going through yeah. the shop um um as we you know we are allowed uh, to be open during the during this time um but it, what it will allow is we'll probably have a couple more customers at the moment we're one customer at a time in the shop um yeah. we're taking you know the, the pandemic very very seriously um you know as we should be and um i think um yeah it'll just give us that capability just have a few more customers um over the christmas period um so i think that'll be be helpful and you know obviously you know maintaining our safety and customer safety is, is paramount to us it, it's it's obviously um you know you you mentioned the history of smelly alley and arguably smelly alley is possibly one of the most famous streets in reading pure just purely because it's it's called smelly alley if nothing else but it's it's kind of it's lost a few of those businesses that kind of made it what it was at the time obviously it's, it's really known as union street but but smelly alley was the name from the greengrocer yeah, the fishmonger yeah. and the butchers and and obviously it's lost some of those and, and i know when we spoke before you were hoping that that you guys turning up there might start to bring some of that sort of that stuff back do, do you think that's a realistic possibility I, you know, I, I hope so. And, I, and I, you know, and I say, like you said, it's got this lovely history. And if you look up and, you know, look at some of the old windows, you can almost imagine what it, what, you know, it might have been like during Victorian times. And it's just, yeah, I'm, re I'm really excited to sort of, uh, you know, sort of bring, you know, sort of bring that, that foodie sort of element back, back to the alley. Obviously, we used to have the grocer, the fishmonger and, and the butcher down there. And, you know, maybe it'll, yeah, it'll give sort of that hope again for the alley to become that sort of um, foodie sort of uh, vibe. Um, yeah. And, you know, as we say, every, everyone knows the alley. Everyone yeah. sort of cuts through and, you know, hopefully they'll stop by and say hi. I'm actually really looking forward to that because um, the football in the arcade is obviously not as much as it is going to be in Smelly Alley. And I'm looking forward to that sort of daily banter with, you know, customers on the street and, and chatting to people. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a you know, a new, a new part of the job, which, um, which will be great. And, and I guess, um, you know, just sort of talking about the grumpy goat itself, you know, over the last couple of years, you've, you've kind of almost given, given birth in a way to a couple of other, other local businesses, which is, which has been absolutely fantastic. Is that, is that something that you were looking to do? Is that something you'd like to do more of? And, and I refer of course to sort of Dolphin Brewery um, and, and some of the other things you've, you've sort of helped promote on the way. Is that something that you want to do more of? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's so important to sort of stick together and work together, especially during these times and any time really. And I think, if there's a way to help another business, you know, um, get, you know, with, with a foot up sort of thing. I mean, obviously we've w worked with Cat. Um, we are friends um, closely with her, you know, and, and a few others at, at Craft Theory, our festival as well. Yeah. It's just, I, that's really important to me um, as, as, a, as a business owner. And, you know, we've got to a certain stage and it's so nice to see other small businesses sort of taking off. It's like, yeah, I can just give the example of, you know, sort of Nathan at Bear Bread and Bake who, um, 
we sell is bread and it's you know they're now looking for premises um probably, i might be revealing too much here um, <laughs> um, but um but it's great to see reading sort of taking off and you know like with blue collar market yeah and you know it's just you know and the, you know to name a few other other businesses you know and fidget and bob um and clay's clay's hydrobatic you know it's it's just amazing to see that um independent sort of culture yeah. coming through and actually during this time um you know we've had an indie whatsapp group and everyone's been there sort of fully supporting one another and i just think that you know shows the sort of town that we live in and you know the the people that want to live here and, and work together and come together and i think that's really important do you just sort of i guess thinking about that and, and obviously there's there's been quite a lot of businesses have, have closed during this pandemic I, I think would it be fair to say thankfully it's not been a lot of indie businesses have been forced to close it's been more of the sort of the larger businesses closing their branches but that means there's a lot of there are a lot of vacant shops and 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 units in town do you think that there's a possibility that 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 could we could see a boom in independent businesses in reading after um, this as a sort of positive yeah, uh, that is my hope i mean i think rents and uh, business rates are still you know there's still a, a, you know a lot to pay there and i think the problem with reading it gets treated a little bit like mini london where it's just yeah. on the edge of london and it's like we're not London. We don't have the football yeah. of London. And I think, you know, I think, you know, landlords need to be sensible during these times and, you know, thinking, do they want an empty unit or do they want a full one? And, you know, um, you know, an empty unit still costs, uh, costs the landlord yeah. money uh, to maintain. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, yes, hopefully it will, there will be a, um, you know, an advantage for independence to maybe get some of the units that were maybe, not accessible to them so the, the rents were too high so, but hopefully um you know yeah we will see more independent sort of merging out on, onto closer onto the high street yeah so um just in terms of the new shop then how how far away are we now because i think i spoke to you a couple of weeks ago and how you know, far um, away are we yeah i'm you know i'm hoping around three weeks um um you know it, the thing is with covid 19 we just we just really don't know um yeah. it could you know we we just, I think that's, I've got to bear that at the back of my mind, you know, I, I, as much as I'd love it to be done, three weeks, I'd love it to be done. If it's open in four, you know, or five even, I'm not going to stress highly because we are in a very unusual situation. And um, yeah, oh, and you know, we, we are trying our very best to get it open yeah. as fast as possible. Um, and it all seems to be going well, but, but you know, as things, yeah. as we think we know in life, there could be always that spanner in the works that, uh, yeah, is the... Uh, sets us off <laughs> and just I, and i guess just i'm just curious about how the how the current sort of i was gonna say the old shop but the current shop how, how does that work is it just sort of a quick on on opening like sort of closing night opening day is it just quickly moving everything across and and, and i think so door, i think we, you know potentially we might do over the course of the weekend we might have a couple of days closed not sure yet we have had a lot of people say oh, I'll help you. I can help you move things. Um, but also, again, I guess we need to think about that differently because when, you know, even, yeah, lots of people helping us move, it's it, it's not going to be, I guess we can't do that again, it, you know, with, with these current times. And we, you know, we need to be as careful as possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we need to think about things quite differently. So you, for, for a short period, we could have a chain of grumpy goats in Reading, do you think? Oh yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very, very <laughs> minuscule amount of time, maybe a yeah. day or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um, Anne Marie, thank you ever so much for talking to me today, and good luck with the opening. Cheers, Tom. Let's... The big interview. Um, okay, that was our interview with Anne-Marie Beattie from The Grumpy Goat. Uh, they are making a move down to Smelly Alley. I know you guys spoke about this uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Um, oh, very exciting. Hopefully, um, I know their ambition would be to see Smelly Alley become a bit of a, a venue, a place to go again. Uh, and that would be a lovely, a lovely thing to happen. It's obviously a shame that they're replacing... Uh, one of the independent shops down there, the Quantum Web Cafe. But um, I think I read in the story that went up that they may well be looking for a new venue for the Web Cafe. So 
maybe fingers crossed about that one as well. So we shall see. Um, shall we move on to the this week's random question? The random question. Okay, random question this week um, is, I just threw this one in there. Um, is there a bit of the lockdown you're looking forward to again? And you can say no. No. <laughs> I, I'm honest. I'm, although I've said I'm going to stick to the rules and I will, I am a bit more daunted by this lockdown than the last one. Mm. I don't know whether that's because it's like darker nights, rubbish yeah. weather, and it, you know the ability to, to be outside think, a bit less. Is it something to do? Do you think with the fact that there is an end date for it, as opposed to the other one, the pre, the, the first one, where it was sort of oh, it could end at any point? Was it, did that give? Was that more hope, or because I'd have thought that knowing it was only going to be four weeks, allegedly would be a good thing, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. I think, I think what, for me, one thing that's different about this lockdown, which is quite, quite a crucial thing, and it's, it's simply a, a way of sort of passing time, is that sport, sport is still going through the lockdown. So yeah. football, well, not all most sport. sport. Most sport is still going. So at, at least on a Saturday, you can watch a football match or a rugby match on the TV, whereas yeah. it all stopped before. Um, yeah. uh, for me, it's a very little thing, but it, you know, it is November. So I've got great intentions to go out walking a lot and maybe get on my bike and maybe even go, <laughs> dare I say it, running. <laughs> right. Gosh, steady. Um, but it is November, and yeah. the amount of times you wake up on a November morning and look out the window and it's <laughs> pulsating with rain, or the, the, blow, the wind is blowing the rain sideways, and you think, maybe not today. So that, <laughs> you know, at least in the first lockdown, the weather was actually, the weather was glorious yeah. for most of the lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking every Sunday for however long it was that it would be such a lovely day to play cricket on and we weren't allowed. Um so there is at least that. So it's not necessarily something I'm looking forward to, but it's a very small thing. Um, my concern is that we've got this deadline and everyone's saying, oh, yeah, it's only a month, you know. Yeah. And there has to be... Certainly, a lot of the people I've spoken to have said, well, they said there's a... You know, they said it's going to end on this date, but they... They've said a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so to have total and utter confidence it will end on that date is difficult. And then if it doesn't end on that date, you're getting very, very close to Christmas when it does end. And the kind of joy of the festive season where, where you know, it's all hustle and bustle and everyone's getting their, their, their stuff done and there's lots of events and things like that and everyone's getting feeling... <laughs> festive and all that sort of stuff could just potentially i mean it's going to be really different anyway even if the shops and stuff do all open on december the second um you're not going to get that kind of buzz of christmas shoppers i wouldn't have thought in the towns no um so whether that whether it completely ruins the whole festive season as well when everyone is generally a bit happier and a bit more a bit uh, full of you know the joys of life and the festive season that is that is a big concern so hopefully it will end when they say it has and hopefully everyone will you know do as they're supposed to and the rates start going down and well i think the, the um oh, go on rach go on rach that's right the other side of that here is that if you know if, if everybody does adhere to the rules and the the numbers go down significantly enough and then at the beginning of december they say right great it's finished off you go is you go everybody going to go christmas shopping is everybody <laughs> going to go to the pub to be festive is everyone going to be going yeah. out and din for dinner in big groups and are we going to undo everything that we've achieved in november mm. who, knows? I, who knows who I knows I, I think i think my major concern is that making sure that people do actually do they're told 
um and i'm not entirely convinced that that's going to happen but you know that's that's just me i i, I thought i'd just round this off uh, because we haven't exactly <laughs> answered the question well i think the answer to the question is there a bit of lockdown you're looking forward to doing again no, no. Uh, nothing um, but i i wanted to just sorry you go on just before just I very quickly i think shutting everything and very much limiting what people can and can't do because things are being forced to shut is a way of getting people to obey the rules um, in that you can't break the rules because you can't go to the pub and you know, you can't get drunk with your mates in the pub or anything like that. And so, you know, however people want to frame it with the infringements on their civil liberties and government oppression and whatever, um, if you shut everything and leave people with very little options to break the rules, then they'll, they'll do it much less. And so that is kind of a way of getting these numbers down, almost for, almost forcing people into it. Yeah. Um, so there's, like I said, there's not much scope to break the rules now. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, that, yeah, I, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you there. And fingers crossed. I, I wanted to just finish off that because, as I say, obviously the answer to the question is there a bit of lockdown you're looking forward to doing again. The answer is firmly no from the three of us. Um, but the only thing I would say is I am looking forward to recording some lovely podcasts, some lovely positive reading podcasts, uh, some credible. Some credible positive reading podcasts with you guys over the next few weeks. That will be just lovely. Oh, that will be lovely. That will be lovely. Also, to watch, keep it credible. I'm sure you're looking forward to spending as much time as possible with your your daughter as well. Absolutely, absolutely. In normal times, you'd be in the office every day. I know, travelling. Okay. So you take making the most of these magical times. It's not far. No, you don't. Travel. I don't mean you spend a lot of time around the country, though. True. This is true. Um. Thanks, guys. Uh, in the meantime, if there's anything uh, we've talked about today that you would like to chat to us about, if there's anything you'd like to to bring up or, or flag to us that maybe you've got wrong, um, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, that's quite enough for this week uh, we'll be back with plenty more this time next week um, we're obviously still looking for people to speak to we've got loads of people lined up to speak to um, and uh, I've got a couple recorded already which I'm very excited about putting out there uh, now that hopefully we'll be back into the swing of things um, if you have a moment please give us a rating on your podcast app and if you have time submit a review but uh, we'll be back next week for more Reading podcast goodness bye, bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.